It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? This is your host, The Real Ed Oliver, and my guy, Brandon Scott. Today, we're going to go over Bradley Bill, or I'm sorry, actually, we're going to go over Kyle Kuzma and Chris Epps Porzingis, their media day availability, and what quotes we thought stood out to us. And also, we're going to talk about Jay Crowder being available. Should the Wizards take a look at trading for Jay Crowder? Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So thank you guys for making lots of wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. So the wizards had their media day availability. We're going to break down two players at a time because there's so many quotes to go through. Me and Brandon, we're going to talk to, we're going to talk about quotes that stood out to us the most from guys. And uh, today we're going to start off with Chris Apps. Uh, I thought he had some very interesting things to say during his presser. Um, he's leaner. He lost seven pounds. Um, so, you know, he's not a banger in the post. I mean, he can bang down low in the post and be physical, but his game is more of a finesse game. Fadeaways, turnaround jumpers, get into the basket. Um, being faster than other other bigs, other center, other centers, he's a unicorn. The way he can put the ball on the floor, his game is not about backing somebody down like he's Shaq. It's more of you know getting the ball to high post, being smarter than his opponent, just being taller, using his length and his size and his height. Um, so I like hearing that. Um, he's coming in leaner. He's got the beard, of course. Um, but I, I thought he said some good things. Um, he said he liked being doubted. He talked about that ESPN ranking we talked about in the last episode of 80, being at 86. Um, he said some really good things about Tommy Shepard as well. He just said he felt comfortable in D.C. He loved how uh, Wes Unsell Jr. came to visit him in Latvia. Uh, what were some things that, that or what was a quote that, st- that stood out to you uh, about Chris Tapps that Chris Tapps said? Um, as far as KP, a lot of good quotes. Uh, one, I'm going to bring up you just brought up. Um, he said that he the transition coming to DC was easy. You know, he grew really, very, very comfortable with his coaching staff, with his organization, with the city pretty fast. Um, the reason I like hearing that is because um, if you look at past regimes, you know, Ernie Grunfield, a lot of issues, there's been, there, there were, you know, a lot of teams that had issues. You know, they're trying to, you know, and, and another thing, you know, a lot of people try to, you know, paint Tommy as Ernie 2.0. Um, I think that through his trades, he's shown that he's different, but through he's trying to build a culture of winning. And I know, you know, winning, you know, how do you define winning, especially with the Wizards? You know, normally it's championships. But if you look at past cultures, you know, they're trying to build a different culture here. You know, so I like that. You know, you know, especially with, you know, the minicamp, stuff like that. You know, you see a level of comfortability that a lot of these players. So for KP to come in and be – Instantly comfortable with this coaching staff is a very, very good sign for the season. Definitely. I think everybody's pressure was really talking about being comfortable. 
Uh, chemistry was a big word. Uh, same thing with Wes Enzo Jr. and Tommy Shepard, what they brought up in their uh, intro or introductory press conference, just being comfortable and having that chemistry, that camaraderie. The L.A. minicamp, a lot of players brought that up too, how they met up out there and they had a, a minicamp before training camp, getting that chemistry going. Because last year it was just a big problem. The locker room problems, the bickering over minutes and playing time and shots. Um, they they just they don't want to have that this year. And bringing in the Nuggets guys as well will help. And, you know, Chris has really liked that that Wes came out there to, to Latvia to see him. And he said he was very appreciative appreciative of, of West Sunset Jr. visiting him in Latvia and feels that that will translate to playing even harder for him during the lulls of the season. So um, just seeing a coach come out there to visit you and, you know, it's a 10-hour difference of time. Chris has brought that up, that it's about a 10-hour difference from, you know, D.C. time or DMV, Eastern Co- East, East Eastern time to time in Latvia. So that's that's a huge difference, you know, jet lag and all kinds of stuff like that. So um, but yeah, Tommy, he's done a heck of a job with trades, but drafting, um, you still you still want to see more. You still want to see more with his drafts. His drafts have been solid. They've been solid at best so far. I, I definitely want to see see more. So um, Chris has talked about bringing a with a chip on his shoulder. Um, Kuz also talked about Chris. As he said he has a lot of gravity. He's so big. Quote, he has a lot of gravity. He's so big, dynamic, and really and can really move. He's more of a willing passer than I thought. He loves basketball and is such a great dude. It's going to be fun to really play with him. That was Kuzma and Porzingis. So, I mean, that just shows, I mean, I thought about Porzingis. I think his assist numbers can go up because he has that gravity, that gravity. You know, those double teams, they're going to come his way. And I saw that in the last 17 games. I think there's going to be, I think our three-point percentage will go up just because we're going to have a lot of open. Guys got to be ready. Kuz has got to be ready. Will Barton's got to be ready to knock down threes. Denny, Brad, all kinds of guys. Monte, everybody on the floor has got to be ready to shoot catch and shoot and knock it down because they're going to be doubling Porzingis. They're going to be doubling Brad. So I'm excited for that. Man, look, this is definitely going to be a team where everybody eats. Like, like you said, <laughs> right. you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for a lot of people to get a lot of touches, you know, and then, you know, you know, that's another thing, another quote, you know, you know I mean, he said that, you know, he wants to ex- exceed expectations, you know, so people mm-hmm. see, you know, and of course we see, you know, with the rankings, everything, you know, he's coming in the season with a chip on the shoulder. You know, he, you know, a lot of people are, you know, judging him off injuries. You know, a lot of people still don't see the light after last season. And so, you know, he's got a huge chip on his shoulder. You know, he's going to come in. He's going to he's going to dominate because we have not had a big like this. if not ever in D.C. We've never had a guy who can create his own shot, who can shoot from behind a three at a high percentage. You know, a guy that, he can, you know, like I said, created his own shot. You know, Gortat was a big fan of him. And I'm glad, you know, they hired him. But. You know, that was one center where, you know, he had to kind of be gift wrapped, you know, points a lot by John. You know, John said, you know, he had to set him up up a lot. You know, you don't see that with KP. He can create his own shot. You know, he can be able to, you know, be a playmaker. So um, he's going to come in this season on fire. I'm telling you right now, keep doubting him because KP is going to kill it. I'm telling you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love Gortat, too. We're going to talk about the hiring of Gortat. Probably next episode. Um, I'm excited for that. I'm happy that they they hired. I love when they keep guys in house. Um, but like you said, John Wall, you hit the whole spoon fed bucket thing. But no, Chris Epps is a guy who's going to manufacture baskets for himself and other people. Um, he is the best big the Brad has played with. You know, no disrespect to Nene, Gortat, and you know other guys that have been in DC or you know Chris Humphreys, Kevin Seraphin, and all those other guys. But um, 
yeah, he he clearly is. He's so talented. Uh, he said he likes being doubted as well. Um, and that 86 ranking, he's gonna. He said, "quote I use it as gasoline, as energy. I'm looking forward to reminding everybody what I can do on both ends on the floor." So I am I'm leading the Kristaps Porzingis propaganda, man. I think he's gonna have a great year. I think he's gonna be clearly in the top. I think he's gonna play so well he'll put himself back in the top 50 in the NBA rankings, and I think he's gonna have an All Star year. I really do. I totally agree. I mean, I'm very, very high on KP this season because he's a good player. I mean, great player. I mean, he's going to be an all-star. I mean, he's just – I think it was a good fit. You know, did not expect this trade at deadline. I was – you know, when I saw that we traded for KP, I was like, wow, man, because, I mean, it's, it's a it's a move that, you know, it's, it's just a perfect fit in my opinion. You know, the pick and roll, the, you know, the, the, the fit with Gaff, you know, how he can play off of Kuz and Bill. I mean, you know – I just, there's so many possibilities with this group. But before we move on, this is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. Um, Yeah, I mean, Przingis, he really brings that length. We're going to have a tall team, a really tall roster. Got a 7'3", Kuzma being 6'10". Um, if Denny starts at the three or whenever, if he plays at the three, you know, that's a six, nine guy. You can have Rui at the three, six, nine, or you have Kuzma at the three being six, 10, uh, Gaff at the five for Porzingis at the four. I mean, we have something, you know, length that we just haven't had across the board. We can have a super tall roster with long wingspans. that can be really disruptive and just provide a lot of versatility and a lot of different looks offensively. So it's just something that we just haven't had on this team in, in the last couple of years. Absolutely. It's been a while. I mean, you know, it's been a while since we've had a very tall lineup that's very athletic. You know, this mm-hmm. is, it's, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a lot of possibilities. And that's what's so intriguing about this team because it's, it's, there's so many pieces you can put together in the lineup. And that's why I say a lot falls on West to a certain degree, because a lot, with a Definitely. lot of these pieces, he has to learn, he has to know how to fit them with certain lineups. You know, some lineups, you might see Gaff at the five, KP at the four. You know, some lineups, you might see Kuz at the three and Rui start. I mean, you just never know. You know, it's just there's so many possibilities with this lineup. And, uh, you know, there's a quote that Kuz said, I'm going I'm to wait. But, you know, it comes along the line of, you know, a lot of guys who can play multiple positions. You know, so, you know, going back to KP, you know, he has a lot of possibilities because while, you know, the preferable uh, position for him is the center position, He's played the four, you know, in his Nick days, he played the four a lot, you know, and he was, he was successful. You, you know, you, you saw the athleticism with him and his ability to create his own shot. So, 
you know, this to me, the sky's the limit for this lineup. There's a lot of guys with a lot of chips on their shoulders who have the capability to play more than one position. So I'm very intrigued. Very. Right. Definitely. Yeah. He he was the four with the Knicks when he had his all-star season, but the game has definitely changed. You know, I think he's better suited as a as a five, but it's all situational. It depends on the matchups and who we play. Um, so yeah, it, it's on West. He's he's got a lot of decisions to make. The three spot, as they said, him and Tommy said the three spot is wide open. You never know. It could be Rui at the three. It could be Kispert at the three. It could be Denny at the three. It could be Will Barton. Depends on matchups. You know, it could stay one way. Or it depends on who finishes the game, too, the flow of the game. So, you know, they want to make it hard for West to make a decision on who's going to play that three, who's going to play at the four. So uh, may the best man win that competition at the three spot. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see in training camp who earns it. And these preseason games coming up, too. I'm excited to see who plays. Uh, I don't know if Bradley Beal is going to play much in the preseason. Of course, you want to let more younger guys get more time, like, you know, Isaiah Todd and Jordan Goodwin, Jordan Goodwin and some of the other the G League guys. But, you know, guys are going to be fighting for spots, too. Will Barton, Denny, all these guys are going to – should be playing. Denny, you know, he had a groin – he had a setback with his groin. So, you know, he's been limited in training camp. So, um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see these guys, man. I'm excited to see these guys compete. Um, but Kuzma, one thing that, that stood out to me, his quote from uh, his presser, he said, uh, he reflected on his time when he left the Lakers. He said he was in a dark place when he was traded from the Lakers, but has appreciated how DC fans have embraced him with open arms already. So, um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, playing for the Lakers, playing next to LeBron, playing next to Anthony Davis, you know, the Lakers are always on TV. They're always on ESPN, ABC, TNT, and they're, they're scrutinized heavily. You know, so when you don't play well, you have a bad game. Especially playing next to LeBron, you're scapegoated. You know, you look at Chris Bosh with the Heat and Dwayne Wade, where they didn't play well, you know, they were blamed for LeBron not winning a championship or, you know, Kyle Kuz was not playing well. He, he's blamed for them not winning a championship or not winning a game. So it's hard. It is tough. You know, that scrutiny, you know, look at Russell, Russell Westbrook's not playing well for the Lakers right now. You look at social media and a lot of people make jokes. He's, he's the end of jokes, you know, or he's trolled and there's gifts and, you know, stuff showing Kuz miss a layup, you know, with the Lakers. So, and, you know, in DC it's, it's calmer. It's not, nat- not a lot of national spotlight. We only got what two national TV games. You know, he can sit back and really evaluate and work on his game, you know. So it, it's unfortunate here, but these guys, you know, they're humans just like us. They see what's talked about on social media. He said he was in a dark place, so I'm happy to see that he's doing really well. It looks like he's doing well mentally, like we brought up before, the whole fashion thing. He's been a poster guy of this roster, and he's really elevated his game. Um, and He improved last year. So hearing that he was in a dark place is tough, and it just reminds you, um, that everybody is human, that they do see what people say on social media. Oh, absolutely. You know, L.A. has a lot of distractions. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's you know, you, you rub his shoulders with, you know, the who's who of Hollywood, you know, you know, the Lakers always, you know, going back to the show, you know, Showtime, or even farther back than Showtime Lakers. But, you know, L.A.'s always been a big, you know, the you know, the Lakers are showing big time there. So there's a lot of expectations that are put on, you know, players and teams that, you know, L.A. So um, I think that, like you said, come over to D.C., you know, there's less distractions, you know, less, you know, he, he has time to breathe. You know, has time to kind of get his mind together because, you know, D.C. is not a big club city. He's not a big, you know, it's just not so much to do like L.A. So I think this was the breather that he needed, you know, to, to kind of step outside of uh, LeBron's show, um, shadow, excuse me. And um, this was definitely what he needed because it showed, you know, he became a complete player. He became a legitimate threat. You know, 
Not many defenses were sitting on him when he played for the Lakers. I'm just saying. You know, now people are game planning around Kuz, you know, especially later in the season. You know, he took over a lot of games. So, you know, I like what I hear. You know, that, um, like I said, the comment before, um, him viewing a lot of the guys as interchangeable, you know, including himself. You know, like I said before, a lot of guys can play more than one position. You know, look down the roster. You know, Monte can play the two. Bradshaw, he can he can be a one. You know, Rui, he can play the three. And the, I mean, there's so many possibilities, you know. And with Kuz, I am intrigued to see him at the three. I like to see if he can play the three, especially if, you know, if Rui really takes that step, you know, how can, you know, it's just a lot of possibilities, but I like what I hear from Kuz. Mm, yeah. Last year, I mean, Kuz said he liked playing with Denny and Rui at the same time. There's positive numbers that show their plus minus together that they would play really, really well together. And those that's, you know, six, nine and uh, Rui and six, nine and Denny and six, 10 and Kuz, all guys that can play deep, that can defend and are switchable. Um, and that can hurt you offensively. You know, Rui and, and Kuz can definitely hurt you offensively. And Denny's a really good playmaker and is, you know, our best, you know, wing defender. So having those three guys on the court at the same time, I, I want to see that lineup 100%, 110%. I want to see that lineup out there. Um, but, yeah, as far as clubbing, yeah, D.C., you know, you definitely get caught up anywhere. Um, D.C., we've seen former players love, you know, the nightlife and whatnot, get caught up in that for sure. But, yeah, no, he, he is definitely more focusing in D.C. for sure. You know, there's a lot of distractions in L.A. And just the expectations in L.A. are super, super high every single year, especially playing next to LeBron. I think he just got to settle down and get his confidence back up. You know, his role was diminished. His usage was diminished in L.A. He got to be on more ball more in, in, in Washington. It had a bigger role. Now he's, he's a part of a solid three that has the potential to be a big three if everything shakes right. Um, another quote that stood, stood out to me from Kuz was, we all can score, but it's about how important is defense to us. Um, another defensive quote he brought up too. I gotta find this one that I wrote down um, about defense. He said, um, "Defense is the million-dollar question to the season." Says it starts with how serious he, Bradley Bill, and Chris Porzingis take it, and the rest of the team will follow suit. How important is defense to us? Should be very important, very important because that is the missing piece to this team being competitive. You know, like you said in the quote. Um, he said a lot of, you know, they all can score. There's a lot of scores on this team. But defense is the one factor that is going to be that, you know, defining whether they are a good team or they're the bad team. Because, you know, several players, I Delon Wright said that his expectation is all defensive team. You know, Bradley mm -hmm. Bill in the past has said that he wanted to be all NBA defense. So, you know, the thing now is performing. You know, they, you know, they want they have those expectations, but they they have to show up. You know, especially what's on sale. You know, his the name of the game is defense with him. That's his that's his big thing. So um defense should be priority number one. You know, if you cannot stop the other team from scoring, there's an issue. You're just gonna it's just gonna be a shootout. And you know, so you have to defend. You know, if it makes you think if defense if defense was better past teams, how could how good could they have been? You know what I'm saying? So um yeah, in my opinion. Defense is priority number one, and I like to hear them having the same expectations. Definitely, yeah. It was disappointing. The defense last year was disappointing. They finished 25th in defensive rating. They actually finished worse in defense than what they did under Scott Brooks the year before when they made the playoffs. They finished 20th in defensive rating, and then they regressed under West Elso Jr., who is a defensive-minded coach. Um, I just think at the point of attack with their point guards, they'll be better this year. Last year, they, they had smaller guards. 
Um, they got, like you said, DeLon Wright, who's a taller guard with a longer wingspan. Monte Morris is a better defender than the, some of the guards that we had last year. Um, you know, you got Gaff, who can defend the rim. Porzingis, who's a shot, who's a rim protector as well. Denny, who's, who provides a lot of versatility. Will Barton gives effort on the defensive end. He's been in the playoffs multiple times. Um, so, yeah, that's the question mark for the Wizards. They all can score, like like Cruz said. Everybody can get a bucket. Brad can score. We already know that. That's his calling card is scoring. Uh, Porzingis can score. Uh, Kuz can score, Rui can score, Will Barton can score, Monte Morris can fill it up too. But, you know, can they defend? Can they lock in? Can they buy in defensively? Can they get stops? Can they rebound? Um, you know, is it can, – can they get that's, – that's just what it's going to come down to, that effort. And they got to lock in defensively. They got to communicate. They talked a lot about a commu- communication. And they say this every year. You know, the media day is it's like a honeymoon thing. We heard the same things last year, them preaching defense where it was 80% defense in training camp, their first practice. And then 20% offense, and the defense was really good in the 10 and 3 start. And then the defense tailed off. The offense got a little bit better, and the defense just tailed off. You know, guys weren't getting touches, so they weren't putting a lot of effort on the defensive end, as you can see last year. And it just went all the way downhill. So, you know, what's their identity? What's their defensive identity going to be? It's all talk, but we just got to see it. We've heard it year after year from the Wizards, um, but we just haven't seen it come out, you know, on the court. And I agree with that. But there's other factors that are different about this team. Mm-hmm. One being, they're already working on chemistry. That's not going to be something that they're trying to establish, you know, going going into the season. They're coming into the season with chemistry. You know, a lot of the, you know, the big thing, clear head, the cleaner head, you know, a lot of these guys are coming in with clear heads. You know, they're coming ready to play. They, you know, they have chips on the show. They're, they're ready to play. You know, that is very different from past teams. You know, because like I said, you know, some teams like, you know, last season, minutes was an issue. There was, you know, locker room issues. You know, so this season, you know, like I said, they're coming in with clear heads. The, the chemistry's already there. So, yeah. You know, to me, that fact alone just shows how different this team is going to be. So, yeah, I mean, while I agree, you know, I and, and another thing, I do see them being a better defensively. Two biggest things you saw last season that they needed to improve on, three-point shooting and defense. I see that getting better. You know, you mm-hmm. have enough guys in this team that can shoot at a high percentage behind three-point line, and defense. So I think both of those factors will get significantly better with this team. And I and I think that's going to contribute towards, you know, being a competitive team as far as a playoff spot. So I agree. Definitely, yeah. So we'll, we're going to talk about some more Chris Absent Coos uh, quotes on the next episode and, and finish up with Tommy and Wes had to talk about too. But um, the news around town, Jay Crowder from the Suns, he has basically uh, requested a trade. Um, this was per, this was per Sham, Shar, Sharania, Brian Windhorse. It's basically news to everybody now. It's, it's old news uh, from the Suns. Um, he has requested a trade. He's upset because he's not going to start at the three. And, you know, they, they've had some contract talks. He's going to be a free agent after the season as well. He's making about nine and a half million dollars per year. Um, what are your thoughts on Jake Crowder? What, what did, we'll just start. Out, what are your thoughts on him as a player before we get into if the Wizards should or not take a look at Jay Crowder or if it's even possible? Um, I love him as a player. You know, he's that hard-nosed player that, you know, I think we want to see in D.C. You know, whether it was uh, Boston, whether it was Memphis, you know, and, and other teams he's been on, he's got that dog in him. You know, he can shoot from three. He can defend. You know, he's vocal. You know, you know, he's a beast in defense. He's going to get in your face. You know, he's mm-hmm. got that dog in him. You know, we, we talk very often about, you know, players 
having that dog in them, you know, that, that aggression, you know, diving for the loose balls, you know, getting getting mad, getting teased. You know what I mean? You you want that type of attitude. You know, you want attitude as long as it doesn't disrupt the locker room. And, he, you know, he's, you don't hear a lot of negative things about him in the locker room. He was loved in Boston. You know, and a lot of these young guys in Memphis, he, he did well with them. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his game. I am too. Um, he's that guy on the other team that you just hate, but you would love to play with. Um, I remember him getting in fights with John Wall and Bradley Bill back when we had that rivalry when Isaiah Thomas was was playing for the Celtics. And unfortunately, we lost to them in, in seven games. But uh, Jay Crowder, man, he's been a pest, man. He's been a pest defensively. He can really shoot the three. Um, I know, you know, he's getting older. He's 32 now. Um, looking at his numbers, he shot about 34% from the three-point line, which was uh, which is about league average, you know, about 35%. He's making about $9.7 million per year, uh, which is not bad either. I just don't, you know, we're over the cap, so I don't know who we would send to the Suns to uh, match salaries and, and get him. But um, this he can play, man. He, he's, he is a dog, like you brought up. He's a guy that's not afraid to get in somebody's face. He's not scared to get attacked and play with that chip on the shoulder and push people around. And the Wizards, we don't have a lot of – I think we have a lot of nice guys, which is good for the culture. That's what Tommy and Ted want. They want a lot of nice gentlemen guys on the team. But we we don't have a lot of, I would say, mean guys per se, you know, physical guys that may throw an elbow here and there. And Jay Crowder is that kind of guy, you know, that you need um, somewhat, somewhat of an enforcer out there, you know. So he can really knock down the three and defend, man. He's one of the better defenders in the NBA. I mean, last year I found this number from uh, B-Ball Index. Um among defensive defensive impact among point of attack defenders via the uh, LeBron mat- metric, Jay Crowder was number two in the league. Lonzo Ball was number one. Gary Payton, the second former Wizard, was number three. Matisse Thybulle was number four. And Alice Caruso was number five. So, I mean, that shows that he's still a legitimate defender in this league also. And um, B-Ball Index he graded out with a version of each three of these talent badges per uh, B-Ball Index, the off-ball pest interceptor, and he had a pickpocket badge as well um, per B-Ball Index. So he, he's, he could still defend and shoot the three. At high, he didn't shoot the ball well in the playoffs. Uh, he had a playoff game where he had one point, one rebound, and like one played 28 minutes or something. He had like one point, one rebound, one steal. Almost like a Berton's game where it's, Berton had zero points all across the board but had six fouls and fouled out. Yeah. He was definitely number one that game, but you know, <laughs> I mean, overall, I like his game. He's, you know, people uh, teammates have always had good things to say about him. You know, he's he hadn't, you know, he's been aggressive, not to the point of having issues in the locker room, but you know, he's he's a hmm. beast on the court. You know, defensively, he's a pass. You know, so do I see them trying to get him? I, I, I don't know. You know, you can see a lot of the moves Tommy has made have been risky moves. You know, you look at KP. To most NBA eyes, especially executives, that's a risky move just because of injury history. But, you know, there's a very high upside with KP, you know, like we've been saying. But, you know, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I don't see them doing it because all their all their first-round picks are tied up in protections. Um, I don't see them giving up a young guy like a Denny or Rui. I just don't see them doing that. To bring in Jay Crowder, may may they look at the trade deadline to get Jay Crowder or something like that. That they're really trying to make a playoff push and things are going well. Um, and one of the young guys has emerged, and they want to move on from a young guy if they don't want to pay him in the future, something like that. But um, I, I just don't see them getting Jay Crowder. But I think he would fit well in the team. I mean, if he's upset about not starting at the three, 
then I know he wants to go to a team. I think the Heat, or like you said, the Grizzlies, a team that you know has more veterans. He's played with the Heat before. They went to the he went to the finals with the Heat two years ago in the bubble. So I could see Pat Riley trying to bring him back. I think he fits their culture. Uh, maybe the Celtics might try to bring him back, um, but I don't know a lot of teams where he where he may start. Um, but with the Wizards, I think I think he would start. Um, Will Will Barton would have to come off the bench, or I, I just don't I just don't see there's a way where they can bring him in here to be honest. But I think they need a three and D guy, and I think he fits that. And he's a mean guy. I think he fits. I think it's somebody that they would they would like. I would like I would like to have him on the team. I certainly would. But I just there's zero chance I think it happens, and a zero chance that they have a way of even bringing him in. I think there's a chance. And I say this because we, we talk a lot about consolidation trades. I think this mm-hmm. would be the perfect one. You know, if you look at the success in Boston, he had a lot to do with that. For those factors we just talked about, defense, you know, being that dog, being being another player who can hit from high percentage behind three, you know, mm-hmm. being that three and D. I think if you slide Jay Crowder into this lineup, put Will Barton at the six-man role, you have a, a team that maybe you go one or two notches up as far as Eastern Conference. And I know a lot of people think it's Jay Crowder, but look, a lot of I mean, look, contending teams always have these perfect role players. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know, we look at Miami Heat. Yeah, they had Bosch, they had D Wade, they had LeBron. But look, a lot of these role players that are, you know, made a difference. Ray Allen, you know, later in his career was a role player. You know, you know, Shane Battier. You know, it's always the role players. You know, you can go to any successful team. The Bulls, Steve, you got Steve Kerr, John Paxson. You know, your role guys are just as important as your starters. Lakers last season, you know, show two things: chemistry. And role players, you know, you know, you got to have a, role players that have been in the system and have chemistry with your starters. You know, last season they just had to put a team together where they've never played together, and and then they're wondering why they're not that good because nobody really fit the system. You know, with this team, you know, you see a system where everybody has a piece of it, interchangeable. You know, so Jay Crowder to me would be the, you know, I don't want to get over optimistic and say he's a missing piece, but I think that would be a really really good move for this team. If we're serious about being a playoff bound, maybe a contending team. Yeah, no, I think I think he would definitely help. I think he would help in a positive way and a positive impact. A veteran that could come in, doesn't need the ball in his hands. Let Brad, you know, do his work one-on-one off the dribble. Porzingis one-on-one in the post or from the three-point line, top of the key, and just knock down shots. You know, he would be a guy that's ready to come in and catch and shoot and bring an injury. I mean, not injury, bring an energy. <laughs> And also just be a, another voice of a coach of a coach. He'd be like another another coach out there, a vocal leader, like a player coach um, that we're looking for from Todd Gibson or, you know, you, you look at Udonis Haslam, but he would be another vocal leader out there. A guy, he's played in 107 playoff games, 107 playoff games. That's a lot of playoff games. I mean, this guy is always in the playoffs every year, some way, somehow. He finds a way to be in the playoffs. So you need guys like that. There's there's a reason. He's not a number one guy, number two, or number three, but like you said, he's a role player. But he finds ways to be impactful and impact games in a certain way. And it's not always about scoring and numbers, but the intangibles and other things, taking a charge, diving on the floor for loose ball, you know, setting the screen. So he's a guy that can do those little things, and he's a veteran. And that can teach the young guys too. So um, I think he's a guy that you definitely look to bring in, but I, I don't see it happening at all. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I see why you wouldn't see that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Tom, like I said, Tommy has made risky moves. You know, 
you know, like the KP trade from Dallas, that's a risky move. You know, even, you know, getting rid of Wall and Westbrook's contracts, <laughs> those risky moves because, you know, you're betting on the return being, you know, because obviously you're trading two guys that are, are all-star level guys. So th that's a risky move. You know, so I think that if you if you're serious about really building around Bill and making this a perennial playoff team, you have to make that move because Jay Crowder to me at the three with Kuz at the four. I mean, I'm oh man, come on. That's a good team. That's a good defensive team. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He can play defense. So if you're serious, I make that move. If, I, if I'm Tommy, I'm on the phone with Phoenix right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, we want you guys to definitely comment below and give us your thoughts on Jay Crowder. If there's a possibility at all of that happening, how much percentage you guys see it happening, would you make that move? And we just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day and make your second listen. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening and hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.